Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. A snowy episode. I hope everybody out there that was complaining in the Michigan area that uh, we haven't had snow is happy now that we've had multiple snow days. The kids are uh, getting stay- days off of school, but whatever. I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, Colton Pouncey on vacation this week. An original cast member, Chris Burke, is back to talk some off-season lions. Chris, how we doing? Did Colton go somewhere? I think I hope he went snow. somewhere. I hope he went somewhere warm. I don't know if he did though. I think he was just yeah. taking the week off. I think he was just no, like fine. trying that's to fine. unplug. Yeah. But that actually <laughs> is a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Get buried. Uh, snow days are a grind, man. I like it's ex- it's exciting for the kids, and so like uh-huh. the first one, we're on our second one right oh, now. And, right. Uh, we had one yesterday. And, like, the first one was like it's kind of exciting to tell them that they have a snow day, but then. Well, here's how. So, the end of the day, they all go to bed, and I was like, I'm just going to lay on the couch and watch some basketball. And right. I poured myself a drink, and I didn't have the energy to finish the drink. So, I ended up pouring <laughs> it out at the end and just went to bed. So, that's how our first snow day went. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, mine was our kids are still young enough to where they're in daycare. So, it was like daycare was off. And then we got the email last night at like 8 30 that they were going to be back open today. And I was like, well, thank God, because uh, I was going to have to call the authorities if there was one more day of two toddlers in the house, I guess. But it is what it is. We're moving on. I've got some big snowman outside as well. Nice. But, um, there you go. Speaking of big snowmen, uh, the big topic today I think I wanted to touch on <laughs> to start with, or at least tall man, tall men anyway, Dan Campbell not making the uh, the list at all, Chris, for the, uh, the Coach of the Year award. I think that... Seemed to stir some folks up a little bit um, locally. Uh, also, uh, not making that list was uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, Eagles coach, which I really didn't understand that one. That uh, was maybe more of the befuddled one to me. The Campbell one, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I guess I wasn't as surprised. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. I saw some people were Doug Peterson. You know, Sirianni I think he was on there, right? The list? Why no, I didn't think no, there was, was a, well. List. So okay, this is interesting. <laughs> now, unless this has was been he corrected. On the first list? Yes, there was an original okay. graphic sent out, go. and he was on right. it. And then <laughs> the actual, funny. the actual name list comes out, like maybe an hour later, <laughs> if that, maybe a half hour later, and he's not on it. And everyone's like, okay. well, "What the hell?" Right. So yeah, he didn't make it. So I, I like I tweeted yesterday, get the sideline cam ready because I'm sure he's got a double bird for somebody or something ready for this uh, next week. But in any event, Campbell doesn't make the list. Um, some Lions folks a little upset. Um, I don't know. Maybe they have a right to be. I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's a right. it's an interesting situation here in Detroit because of everything that uh, they've gone through. But yeah. Well, now I'm back because the, the initial list had like five or six names on it, right? And now it's well, they changed something. Somebody screwed Dave, something up. Now it's yeah. Dave All uh, Peterson and Shanahan, I think, are the three, right? So and then it's down to the um, three. Yeah, that sounds right. Anyway. Um, Three fitting guys. It was more. Uh, it was more egregious to me when there were six or seven names, and he wasn't one of those. Yeah. So the initial, like the three that are the actual finalists here, like I don't know that you. I mean, I think Campbell himself said he thought Dayball should be yeah like, coach of the year, the coach yeah. of the year, <laughs> and yeah. I don't think you could argue with Peterson or no, no. Shanahan. So, oh God, um, no, no. If the Lions had gotten into the playoffs, I think too that probably would have changed things a little bit, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, 
It doesn't feel like a huge snub to not be one of those three. I think, like I said, if it had been five, six, seven, and you were talking about some of the other names that were initially <laughs> mentioned, um, it felt worse. But um, uh, it's I, hard. To, it's hard to be coach of the year and not make the playoffs, even right. acknowledging what Campbell did and what the right. Lions accomplished this year. Because you have to at the same time, like Peterson had did the same thing and made the playoffs, right? <laughs> right, and, 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 he, and he had one worse pick yeah. actually. He had a worse, you know, he had the worst pick, so he technically had the worst, you know, situation. So I mean, and he won a playoff game. So I mean, in that sense, fair enough. But I do think to the point there, if Campbell, if they win and get in, if they don't, you know, maybe lose to Carolina or whatever, whatever situation happens the way it happens, then certainly he's at least probably. I think that he he would be maybe in this three. You know, I think that that that'd be fair at some point. Probably. And I think that yeah. brings up the greater point here. Um, and I think we touched a little bit with you um, the last time you were on, but I mean, you know, now that we're a couple, maybe a month here removed um, from year two of Dan Campbell, uh, you were there every day for year one. Uh, kind of your your sort of assessment on maybe I, I would I would ask you first maybe where you've seen him grow and maybe where you still have questions about you know where things are going. Um. I, I mean, I think kind of two of the big landmarks that obviously jump out are are the Anthony Lynn decision last year to remove him as coordinator, and then yeah. to some extent the Aubrey Pleasant decision this year, which I don't know was as clear cut on the surface, and I don't know that the like last year it was all right. Well, we're gonna bring him. Ben Johnson's gonna help out with the play calling. Campbell's gonna take over in game. I don't know that the stuff that happened with the DBs from there was quite as obvious on the surface yeah, I, like on a, yeah on game I'm, not, day, I'm still but, not totally sure what happened there honestly but i think uh, you know those are two big moments because i think um we know how sort of loyal dan campbell is and how much time and energy he puts into maintaining his like personal and professional relationships and so you can just assume what goes into his decisions to add a guy to his coaching staff yeah um and so i think that it was um, significant to see him, you know, sort of make those decisions and say, all right, this isn't working. What else can we do? Cause I think that that tells you he's going to put the, the team results above right the stuff that might be uncomfortable for him. So those are big. I mean, I think the other one that, um, I, I saw people talk about like in the moment, but kind of got lost a little bit. There was a play in the Packers game, like late, uh, the Packers jumped offside, I think, on purpose. And I don't know if you remember what I'm talking uh, about. It was like a second I, and one with like three minutes left. I feel like and the yeah, Packers yeah, jumped yeah, yeah. offside on purpose. Yeah. And Campbell declined it so they could get the extra, like they could run the first down play right. and eat up a Packers timeout instead right. of taking the automatic first down and letting Green Bay call its three timeouts and get the ball back. Uh, so, anyway, it's not like that big a play in the grand scheme of things. But there were little moments like that where. I was like, well, he should definitely uh, – like, it'd be smarter to, to to decline this penalty and run the play. And then he declined the penalty and run the play, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, maybe the game management stuff's coming along a little right. bit here too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, maybe he's paying attention. And yeah, so I right. think that was the biggest thing. Like, we knew the culture was way better, um, and yeah. we knew the roster was going to gradually get better. But that was the one that you looked at and said, all right, well, if he's always going to be terrible in, in these game management spots, like right. these tight spots – that's going to be hard to overcome when it gets to, you know, those big games. 
Um, and I think he's improved there. So that, as much as anything to me, is encouraging for next year that maybe he's got a feel now for sort of how to react in the moment as a head mm-hmm. coach. And I think you take that into next season too. Yeah, there's like so much about – Colton and I talked about this at one point during the Aaron Glenn up and down stretch before he got it sh- the ship righted. But it was like – and the same holds for him where I kind of said on the like, you can't coach the way you played. You can't coach a game – um, or respond to situations and games the way you would have if you played, you know, because, you know, sometimes if you played, you know, your your default on a third and two or a fourth and one is going to be, we can go get this. This all this bullshit can go away right now. All yeah. this, all this, all the thinking we're doing over here, we'll just snap the ball, get behind me. We'll go get the thing done. And like, that's not how you coach. You can't do that. And there was way too much of that going on with Campbell. And I think that to your point this year, I think, well, across the board, for the most part, he was better this year. And I think Aaron Glenn actually sort of overcame uh, some of that as he went on too. But for me, I think more than anything, um, the things that get revealed about him are are interesting. Like, you know, Colton did a rewatch, I think, the other day on Hard Knocks um, and some of the stuff Campbell said. And he tweeted out the clip um, that Campbell, you know, he's talking to the team in that episode uh, about – after the first practice with pads, I think it was, where they're hitting, and he's like, some of you guys are looking at me sideways and like, what am, what are we doing right now? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, you could sense in that moment, like, I mean, for us, like, we were around Campbell all the time. I think we saw a lot of who he was before the people did. But if you were paying attention, like, you could see in that spot, I mean, he's telling those guys, like, I've got a plan for everything. I'm thinking about all we – all I do is think about every little detail about the little things and every little thing that we have and this, that, and the other – and then you see how he responds um, to like the heat. You see how he responds when it doesn't go the way it goes. And he said at the end of the year, we were a great example of just sort of staying the course. To me, it's like he really found his uh, like coaching legs, whatever this year, his yeah. like compass, if you want to call it that. Like uh, he had a plan that he told himself, I'm trusting it all the way. I'm not deviating from it. I put the work in. I'm not going to second guess myself. And I think that's what we saw this year. And as much as, you know, to the point about growing with your decisions, which he certainly has, I think just like he's found his legs as a leader, you know what I mean? Like a, and being a confident person on your, on your own right is like 85% of the whole thing. And I think that he probably crossed a pretty big bridge there this year, I'd say. Well, we've talked about this a bunch too, is that I, he almost wants you to think like the way he yeah, projects right. it, he almost wants you to think like <laughs> that he's stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. <laughs> like, but I do think that there is growth. And I, I've told, I think I've told this story on the podcast before too, but like his introductory press conference was the, you know, biting the kneecaps and whatever. Yeah. We were all on zoom. Um, yeah. And I right. asked him a, I asked him a question in it about, because, like, he took over the interim ta- tag in Miami, mm-hmm. and then, like, within a week, there was a whole bunch of crap about how he, like, had the team run an Oklahoma drill or something yeah. like that. Like, people went nuts. Like, this yes. is ridiculous. And so I asked him, like, I prefaced the question by bringing that up and then asked yep. him, like, how he thinks he's grown mm-hmm. as a coach. And he was – he definitely was insulted that I brought up the he Oklahoma got, like, drill. Really so I was like, oh, it, yeah. great. Great first impression we made here that he, like <laughs> – already hates me but um so that was like that was the first thing i wanted to know about him as a head coach mm-hmm. was like how are you different now than you were right in miami because it's obviously if he went from miami and then i think he would probably tell you that stretch with sean payton 
at least from a coaching standpoint, is probably as important as anything else that yeah, he's done. It was in a his formative career. stretch of his career. Um, like that's it. That's where he was. You know, sort that's of all this is coming man, from. And he saw right. which how Peyton handled everything and yeah. all the decisions he made. And so, I, I don't think there's any question he was a different coach at the start of this than he was. You know, four or five years ago, and I think we've obviously seen the growth over the last two years here too. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned last time I was on, like, I think this is the challenging part for him and Holmes. Like, now that you've got everyone to bought in, buy in, mm-hmm. and everything looks rosy, like, okay, what now? well, how do you get yeah. from 9 and 8 to 12 and 5? Like, that's a tough right. jump, too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. So, how do we handle success? How do you yeah. handle success in the offseason where everyone, where it's not everyone's going home thinking, we suck, this is horrible, right. I got to work to get ready opportunity. for next year. Yeah, it's like, right. we were pretty good this year. We're look. We're gonna win the division next year. There how are a you, lot of teams that have that? that feeling every year. By the way, right. at the end of the year, <laughs> right. like right. It, it's about staying good. Like Colt and I had the big long discussion last week, and we'll talk in the second half of the show about the draft. But like that's why we talk so much about the draft, and that's why we talk so much about futures, even at positions that you maybe don't think that futures need to be talked about because there's a there's a there's a strategy of staying good, staying youngish while not getting too young or too old and all that. And I think that that's, you're right. I think that the, the, the test for Holmes is to continue sort of what he's done, but it's also for Campbell is, is to sort of adjust as he goes. Cause it's not going to be the same every year. And they've talked about that, like everybody. And I thought this year they actually had the, the best way of approaching that. And I think this was the ultimate sort of uh, whatever for Campbell's second season. I'm interested to see what the third will be, but you know, they talked about everybody graduates in year two. Last year, everybody was a kindergartner. Now we're graduating. Everybody that stays here for this year gets a pass to the second season, has to be that much better, whatever it is. And that now has to, the graduation now has to go from, we're not talking about you guys anymore as like exciting young prospects. We're talking about you guys as good football players on a playoff team. Like that is the graduation for everybody on the team that played last year. And if you can't handle that, then you can't be here anymore. And that is now, I think, the conversation that they have to sort of live in, the air or whatever. And it will be interesting to see how he handles that because the greatest appeal of Campbell has been that everybody loves to play for him, that there's not a single guy in that locker room that doesn't like Dan Campbell. We have not found one yet. <laughs> if there is one, I I don't know. I mean, there's not maybe maybe Jamie Collins didn't love him, but Jamie Collins left in a week, okay? So like beyond that, when it gets tougher and you got to ask for a little bit more when guys maybe don't want to give it and it really needs to come, that's when it starts, you know, that but that's also when the the work you've done prior pays off. So I'm curious to see this next step for him too. Well, and that's why it was so important, especially like right now probably more so this year than last year. And we don't know what's going to happen. Like Aaron Glenn is still a possibility to go get a job somewhere. He's still a name um, yeah, for the head coaching jobs. But I think that's why it, it was so important to keep Ben Johnson around. Yeah, and that was to, the yeah, second part here. Yes, for sure. You know, have some stability with the other guys on staff as much as you could. Like, and they talked about even into, even at the start of the tenure, like keeping freely mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, just having – like you can't you can't have a foundation on your roster without having this uh, the matching foundation on the coaching staff and so Fraley and Johnson and Kelvin Shepard for sure and yeah. like they had uh, 
Sean Dion Hamilton was on that staff. Sounds like that was pretty successful this yep. year. Um, like all these guys that, uh, you know, the players also respect them too. You can't have just a head coach everyone likes exactly. and then a bunch of point. idiots by yep. him and expect to be successful. So um, it, I do think it is remarkable, and we've talked about this a lot, and I'm sure you've have talked about it a lot. Like it is – it's one. it was one thing to say, well, we got to change the culture. Like that, you know. Every time there's well, a coaching obviously. Yeah. hire, like <laughs> right. that's like one of the first things. So yeah, unless yeah. you're like right on the cusp, you're getting hired to push a team over the top. It's like we got to change the culture. Um, to see them in two years do what they've done now, and I think you're right. It's it's no longer like we need to bring in guys to help us lay that foundation. It's who's going to come in here and accept that this is what we've got. Like this is it's built. This is what we. This got. is what yeah. it's here. You can see what's here. Mm-hmm. You can see what the coaches are going to be like. You can ask the players who are here what it's going to be like on a day to day basis. There are no surprises that you're going to get in year three. Yeah. Does everyone fit that? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Like I saw people like today. It's all over my uh, Twitter timeline. People talking about trading for Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Does that work with this team? I don't know. I don't Maybe. Know. I mean, talent-wise, sure. Just because corner, it's possible, an awesome and it is possible. Like that's a <laughs> like, that's yeah, a maybe. Yeah, maybe right. it works. Yeah, but that I don't trade. think it's always. It's not just a. Well, we need a corner. Let's go get the best corner. That's not the conversation. With, right. Especially right. with this group, it's going to be talent and the personality, and maybe per- personality might be more important than uh, yeah. talent in some yeah. cases. So it's at least even. It's at least so, even. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I do think that they. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> they clearly are in a good spot right now. And so you, if you have a good offseason here too, um, I mean, you should feel good going into next year. There's really not a whole lot that should happen this offseason that should take you no. back a step or two. So, uh, No, I wouldn't think yeah, so. Before know. before we move into total offseason talk, a couple more. Ben Johnson also up for the uh, off, I believe, assistant coach of the year, which I didn't know was a thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that's cool. <laughs> that that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and then I think Aiden Hutchinson is the finalist uh, for the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I don't believe Aiden's going to get that. Sauce Gardner's no. certainly going to get that award. Um, and I don't think anybody should take that as a. We've talked about this as a slight. He's a generational prospect. Sauce is, um, and he's maybe the, Sauce Gardner might be the best corner or one of the best three or four in football right now, regardless of age, that's what he is. And Aiden is not there as an edge. So I think that that's, that's fine to compare. Uh, but the Ben Johnson situation, Chris, uh, obviously he stays, but the one thing that Colton and I touched on a little bit, um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this too, a little bit. And then this is maybe touches back on what we just talked about, but I wasn't, um, I didn't think they'd be in as big a trouble if they lost Ben Johnson as, as opposed to last year, if they'd lost Aaron Glenn, I thought Campbell seemed to be much more okay with the, like, I mean, he was certainly happy with him and he wouldn't have, and he was happy that he's back. Obviously they gave him a big yeah. raise and he would have preferred him back. But like, <laughs> I think he was comfortable with the idea of like, if I have to go find another guy or if I have to take more of a role myself, I can do that. And I'm ready to do that, which is super interesting to me. And I don't know your thoughts on, I guess, Ben, what do you expect from him going forward? How much changes? How much doesn't change with the offense? And then, do you agree with that? My my point there on like, do you think they would have been okay? Because I mean, that's going to be a situation soon. If they have another good year offensively, he's out of here. Sure, they're not going to be able to take him, yeah. keep him forever. Well, I, I mean, I think it sort of goes back to 
my point I just made a few minutes ago where like at the end of year one, I I feel like Campbell was like, we can't, we, we can't afford to lose someone right now. No. So if Aaron Glenn had gone. It would have been really bad. And now knowing like that, I don't know that he, like Campbell and Aubrey Pleasant were butting heads last year, but Aubrey Pleasant probably would have been the guy all of us assumed would get bumped up. To yeah, the coordinator that was the guess Glenn left. at the time. And I don't know if that was the slam dunk we thought it was. So maybe like Campbell was sitting there thinking, like, I don't know where we're going to go. He seemed lost uh, and scared. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and I think, to be fair, he had already replaced his offensive coordinator at that point. And so yes, yes. if you lose your defensive coordinator, now you're back to, like, all right, yeah, this is yeah, going to be harder uh, to lay the groundwork here. That wasn't good. And so I think at this point they are – I think they do probably feel in a better – spot and whether that comes from whether that hire would have come internally or not I mean I think that they would have been comfortable with the guys that they had back with Deuce still being here with Fraley with like Randall L and Tanner Engstrand and Mm -hmm. JT Barrett still on the staff I think think like all these guys that are like pretty interesting football minds like I think he would have felt better about that so I agree like, he obviously didn't want to lose Ben Johnson. There's a reason everyone wants Ben Johnson or wanted Ben Johnson. But um, I agree that it felt like last year when Glenn was <laughs> – like, you could just sort of see the panic in his eyes. Like, the thought was, of, like, well, what do yeah. I do if Glenn leaves? Like, I don't think there was a – I don't have an answer. I don't think he was sitting there like, all right, well, we'll just go to this. I think it was going to be a little bit of a process. Yeah. I don't think uh, he had an answer. I think he no, was like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think this this year he's just in better shape with it. So yeah, uh-huh. I mean I, I would agree with you there. Uh, as for like the award itself, I mean he's up with uh, Demeco Ryan's. Oh, so it's offense DC, and defense, okay. And then the Eagles' uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, Ooh, okay. Uh, Shane Stecker. Shane, yeah. Uh, well, hey, t- so it's a pretty good group. It's a pretty that good, is a good group. group. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if he's I winning think there's that. absolutely an argument for but Ben Johnson to win. That's uh, what I was going to say. I. I don't know if he's winning it, but there's absolutely an argument for that, right? Because, and I think that this is, we got a lot of interesting remarks from the folks about our Anthony Richardson conversation last week. Uh, Colton got a lot, obviously. Uh, Dane got a lot. Uh, in all, <laughs> Dane's still getting them, I think. He's still swimming in them. But I mean, the, the great point here is that, you know, people fell into their feelings about Jared Goff. Uh, we've talked about this, and, and, and that's great. I'm, I'm happy that Jared Goff has been accepted by Lions fans. He's earned that, deserves it. Uh, and I, Colton and I talked about this last week, Chris. I think that a lot of people have a little guilt uh, about how they've treated Jared Goff. You know, a lot of people <laughs> hadn't quite made their apology about how they've said things. Colton and I had her be a culpa midseason. Hey, look, we were hard on him. The guy was terrific. But, but... Jared Goff had the year Jared Goff had because he was put in situations that he wasn't being put in uh, a year ago at this time. And Anthony Lynn went to the went to San Francisco and is coordinating <laughs> the best offense in football. So I mean, like it's it's a lot. Ben Johnson. I think that that's that's kind of the the point at the end of the day. I think everybody saw that, um, and I think that's probably the greatest point here is that they were down and out. If you go all the way back and, you know, Ben Johnson's sort of a word here in this sense or candidacy would almost be season and a half because you'd have to go all the way back to middle of last year and the work they did to repair the damage that really was done in uh, L.A. with McVeigh because Sean McVeigh and his staff broke Jared Goff mentally. They broke him. They lost him. And you cannot do that with quarterbacks. Sorry, you just can't. That is a, that is not a sign of a 
of that's not a sign of great coaching. That is a sign of poor coaching, in my opinion, and that it's on that's on Sean McVay. That's not on Jared Goff. He was 24 years old, whatever it was at this time. We now have, you know, whatever, the, you know, hindsight being what it was, you know, mentally they broke him and he was not ready for that type of coaching coming out of it. And the job they've done to repair that and get everything out of him a year and a half, whatever, removed from where he was, man, like that's why that's why he was a serious candidate. And that's why I think that he's the real deal and why they're happy to have him back. Yeah, Johnson. I mean, and not not to spin too far into the Anthony Richardson conversation. Well, get sure. You in trouble again here, but like the you can do that because we're going to do it again. We, well, I, just, I just mean like as we talk <laughs> about today, progress yeah. and sort of <laughs> yeah. what's changed, I do think it is pretty incredible what that Jared Goff has like forced his way into being yes. respected by Detroit Lions fans. Yeah, they have that no was choice. An, that was an impossible situation it for him. Really like was. you said, the Rams were like, "We hate you. Please yeah, get out of here." You're the and worst. He came here to take over for yeah, arguably the greatest quarterback in franchise history. Not the not the most successful, but the greatest quarterback in franchise history on a garbage team with a coaching staff front office change. It was just set it's up the worst for like. And we talked about five six games into that first season. Like this is awful. He's got to go. We can't. He's terrible. Yeah, it's not gonna um, work. I think you got to get like he deserves an incredible like I think you could have I, I guess he played too much last year and and put up too many numbers last year. Yes, but I know everyone. Um, yeah. I think he could have been a comeback player of the yeah, year candidate this year. He is the <laughs> he think, is the comeback player of the year. As we really, talk yeah. about snubs, and I'm looking at that list is Barkley, McCaffrey, and Geno Smith. So I don't fair really enough. take issue with any of those names no, either. Fair enough. But I Gino, think you could have yeah. made a case. And I think it was probably just because he played too much and probably played too well on the stretch last year. But yeah, I think he was. I think he was a comeback player of the year. Man, that, <laughs> he was great for a lot of this year. It's a great point because Geno Smith, in some ways, people made the argument didn't go anywhere. There was nowhere for him to come back from. He just got ignored. So like, there, what's the comeback? Right. Saquon, you know, he got the hurt injury. Fair enough. You know, all that. Injuries coming off of, but the Goff, yeah, that's what he was uh, more than anything else. Because we're talking about comeback. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're we're talking about. A guy who went from year two, I'm playing in the Super Bowl. The next offseason, they give me a ridiculous contract that no one was ready for. That they were just over everything they were doing at the time was like to the extreme because they didn't really know what they were doing. I mean, to be fair, if we can look back at it now, he's on a wild ride. It doesn't go the way McVay, who is a great coach, of course, doesn't go the way he wants it to go. He throws a huge fit, shatters this guy's confidence. That's the story of Jared Goff. Now he's playing like a pro bowler. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's probably well said and, and probably the greatest point. And, the point that we talk about all all the time around here is not giving up on players and he's the great example, but it's also like the reason why, you know, he's the reason why he makes the comeback, but I mean, he's not in that situation if if the coaching isn't what it is here. I mean, let's be clear. There are limitations <laughs> well, to his right. game. He has strengths, yeah. obviously, that some people, including myself, have underwhelmed and over underlooked, but there are still limitations to his game. This is not a guy that you're hitching your wagon to for 15 years, whatever. That's just not happening here. So um, any thoughts on the Aiden's Aiden's uh, year here before we move on to the uh, off season? I mean, it was, um, I would say Aiden had about the year. I would, I thought he would have probably a few more sacks than I thought he would have, but honestly, I think this is about what I thought he would do. I mean, I'm not 
this is not crazy to me that this happened. I don't know what you're. I know we were pretty high on him, obviously last yeah. year, so it's not a surprise. But your I thoughts? Mean, I wasn't Aiden. expecting uh, the three picks. I wasn't expecting the. Yeah, that's fair. Numbers. The picks were high. Picks and sacks um, were, were higher than I thought. And I also, I know you've made this point too. the The big surprise for me is that just how much he played. Yeah, like he he, for field. a young guy to play, what did he end up with? I mean, almost he was over a thousand. A thousand or I think he was thousand, over a thousand right? by a thousand. the end. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that that's a. That's a ton of snaps for really anyone in this league, but for a rookie especially because a lot of times those edge guys, they teams do not want them on the field on first and second down at all. (laughs) And so for him to be out there, I mean, some of it was just the reality of the roster, like who else are you going to play there? But for him to play out, be out there, and then I think get better as the season went along too. Exactly. um, says a lot about sort of the work again the coaching staff but also him as a prospect and sort of all the things they liked about him so um yeah not i'm not surprised by how he performed i'm a little surprised that he was able to uh take on that much of a workload for the entire season um i I think he that's another deserving candidate for rookie of the year i like you said i'd be very surprised if he wins it because of what sauce gardner did but certainly deserving um, yeah Certainly, uh, and uh, and of that edge group too. I mean, I think you would have to say he had the best season of the edge group. He did. Um, so that's what you want, right? I that's mean, what that's you want. all you can ask for from the guy. He just inches up. He's a hard. He was a hard guy to scout, and I understood why there was a lot of people that didn't quite get their get the grasp on him, and a lot of smart people, people that understand football, because you have to watch. You had to watch him for his whole career. I think you had to watch the full package of him to see right. how he is as a player. And you have to take that into account of like kids get older, they grow up and you know what I mean? Like their ability to, if he's a, if he's a fast, if he's a fast processor at 17 and he's a faster processor at 20, imagine what he is at 22. And like, that's what we've seen from Aiden Hutchinson. He is a, anyone who's watched the, um, this always reminds me of this. Uh, did you ever watch, did you watch the Tony Hawk documentary that HBO did? I think it was HBO. I have not, but I saw you tweeting about it, so it's on my list of things. It's really, to really watch. good. Things to watch. I don't know what channel that's on or what one of these damn things it's on, but if you can find it, find it. <laughs> but anyway, there's a spot in there about um, one of his like friends or like co or you know like you know another pro skater is talking about watching Tony Hawk, and they're like, you can watch him like learn a trick and teach himself physically, mentally, and physically, like to inch up and just get better and better and better until he lands it. That's what he does. He just does it and doesn't falls and just keeps going and going and going and going until he lands his trick. And like that's how Aiden Hutchinson, I feel like, plays football. It's just like he just keeps going. And if one thing doesn't work, okay, well, the next time it's not going to happen again. And then if that doesn't work quite right, I'm going to twist it again until it works. That's just what he does. And after four, three years, whatever it was, four years at Michigan, you you saw him go from a skinny whatever that didn't look strong enough to an All-American. And by the end of his first year in the NFL, you saw a kid that looked – like physically he was ready for it, but maybe we'll see. And then by the end of the year, yeah, he was the best edge of his class and one of the best edges probably in the league. And I think that's where it's going for him. And that's just the kind of player he is. And you had to have the, and it's a testament to the Lions scouting department that they trusted their gut because um, he was the right fit. And I like Kayvon and I like Trayvon Walker, but Aiden Hutchinson was the right fit for the Lions in every way. And I think it was a testament to all those guys because he was a long scout. Walker too. Um, and Kayvon to a degree. All those guys were hard. It was a hard thing to sort, that edge group. But all of them had good years. But I would say that Aiden probably did have the best. Yeah, that's probably a fair fair statement at the end. 
Anything else? Okay, we'll take a break here. And then we'll come <laughs> right back. Break there, yeah. We'll take a break <laughs> and we'll come right back, talk a little bit about the offseason, maybe some draft. All right, everybody, we're back. One of these years, Nick Bumgarner here with Chris Burke. A uh, little offseason talk here, Chris. Um, draft is coming up, whether people are ready for it or not. It's around the bend. Got the Senior Bowl next week. I will be there. Uh, combine in, uh, I don't know, about a month or so, somewhere in there. Um, where are you at here on the draft as uh, things start, my man? I mean, we've seen Dane's mock. We <laughs> talked about all this last yeah. week. Uh, some other folks have made their, you know, some of the other, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, I think, had um, Devin Witherspoon, I think, to the Lions at six. Uh, I think Mel Kuyper's got Tyree Wilson, I think, somewhere in there. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what McShay did. Um a lot of corner talk. A lot of uh, where, where are you landing on? How do you? Are, what are your? What are some of your theories that are percolating here uh, in your head? Well, we've talked about this. It's hard because they're they are in that spot where it's like yeah, right they're below, in the cliff. right below. <laughs> like you need something. You they're need in the drop zone. <laughs> yeah, you need to go up. You need something crazy to happen above you. You need to think about going back. Like yeah. they're right in that area where if it's three quarterbacks and the top two defensive guys, then it's like. All right. Well, well, shit. What do you do here? Um, And I so like we got one of the questions we got on Twitter this week was, "Would you consider a tackle or a guard in the first round?" Yeah. And I don't know that I would at six, just because I don't know that the class is that good. But maybe, (laughs) like, if you stack it up against some of the other guys there, like, I mean. At yeah, this that, moment, and that's not to say, like, I don't think Tyree Wilson's a bad player. I don't no. think taking one of those cornerbacks would be a bad decision. Yeah. Um, Murphy, like, yep. Brian Brissy, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of names there. So I kind of I kind of yeah. have to talk myself into all of them right now <laughs> yeah, exactly. at six. So <laughs> there's three months to go. I'm sure I'll get there on a couple of them. But, like, that's where I'm at right now. And, like, there's not a guy that, like, that's, yes. that's, the, that's the one if they yes. stay put. I think what I'm landing on is like uh at 6 is his best best defensive player available. Yeah. That's what that's what it feels like to me. Um and I I say defensive but because I I I hesitate to say like best player available but it might be it might be best player available. I'm not going to we'll see, well. okay? We'll see how the we'll see how the combine shakes out. We'll see what these numbers and testing because you brought up the point about the lineman um I don't God, think. Like, I don't think I don't so think. either. Like, Skoronsky <laughs> is going to be there uh, toward the bottom of the top ten. That's not, and he's not going to do anything at the combine, or I, don't, I think he's at the Senior Bowl or one of these things. I don't. He's not going to do anything. I don't think that's going to turn that into anything that we don't already know about him. Paris Johnson, the Ohio State kid, is the one that I I wonder about because um, he is really young. Uh, I think he was a either a redshirt sophomore coming out this year or a fourth-year guy, whatever. So he's really young either way. Um, he's played tackle and guard, and he's friggin' really athletic. He is really athletic, and he's long, and I think that if he measures and tests and does all the things that he pay- maybe can, then he would be maybe a guy that people might look at a little different, I guess. But I don't know, again, because like you say, you bring up all the other stuff on tape. Like <laughs> a lot of There's a lot of hiccups in there and a lot of gaps. Yeah. And, but if you're Detroit, this is my second part. The, the other guy in that conversation is Jones, the kid from Georgia, Broderick Jones, who I also like a lot, uh, and I think could be a guard too if you needed him to be, and I think could do the things you all these guys could, frankly, that we're talking about. 
for the Lions' current situation, and then they could all be tackles down the road. That's the thing that we've talked about so many times before. But yeah, no, I don't think I would take any of them at six. But I don't know how I can get down. <laughs> I don't know how I can get down to like twelve either. And that's kind of what I would want to do. I would like I would want to get down to like ten, eleven, twelve, and then I would think about that. And then it would well, really cons- yeah. it, would, it would open up a lot because if you could add another pick, and now you're talking about two premium defensive pl- players, you're going to get a good corner in this first round if you want, no matter what. And yeah, and then you could get a little selfish and get a little crazy. That's not crazy or out of the realm of possibility, I don't think. If the player is right, and if yeah. the board is right. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to take a little, like I said, it's going to take a little getting there. Because, like, I, <laughs> we've had this conversation, you and I, too. I, If I were stacking them up right now, and I don't have, like, my personal top 100 yeah. list or anything at the moment, Brian Branch might be the next best yeah, defensive player be. on that list. And after so, the first two. After that, right. And so, that like, you got to take a safety, at, like a nickel guy. <laughs> like, what are you going to do at six? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. So, but... Again, like I don't think it's it's kind of frustrating for them if they miss out on those top two, but I don't think it's bad to be looking at a, a board where you say, "All right, well, these eight to ten guys all look pretty good." Oh yeah, and then good. you have another pick coming at eighteen right. where you probably can get a second one in that in that bucket. So I think that that's encouraging for them. It's just um, that's a great point. Excellent. It's going to be interesting how it sorts out, and especially like as they figure out what positions they need to jump on and what positions they don't like. I was looking, even that senior bowl roster, um, cause Sean Deon Hamilton, I think is the cornerbacks coach for the American team. Yes. Um, he's down so there. he's going to be up close. And I mean, the safeties down there are more intriguing. He's going to be at the corners, but like the safeties on that American team, it's like the Georgia kid, Chris Smith is there. Uh, really Jamie, Jamie Robinson, who yeah. from Florida state, who's yeah. Like one of those like do everything type guy. Like there's some why, players yes. you can find as you get into this thing that like I don't it's hard to find that first pick for them, but I don't think it's that hard to build a class that you're like, that's that they're a lot better right now no, than they were 100%. before the draft. So that's good. This is a good draft and it's a weirdish. Maybe it's not weirdish, but like it's a little different in a way that like it's really deep, I think. There's not a lot of like but there's not a lot of like holy Oh my God! At the top, there is, but because you have two generational defensive prospects in right. Carter <laughs> right. and yeah. Will Anderson, but the core, and you have what we would say three and a half quarterbacks. <laughs> I guess that are legitimate, you know, first round draft pick quarterbacks. We would say, <laughs> I, I think, I think that that's fair. I think that Bryce Young, Stroud, I won't. They're, I think those are Richardson. top ten picks. I think those are top 10 picks. I think Levis, it's not going to shock me if he's a top 10 pick. I think he's probably a top 20 pick. And I think Anthony Richardson's a first round pick. So you got four in there. And obviously we know what that does to the, to the top half of the draft. And I think that there's this, and Dane has written about this a little bit too, that like after five, the draft changes because you're no longer talking about the generational talents in Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And you're not talking about starting quarterback unless you're talking about Richardson. You're talking about, Good players, though, and I think that's been a little bit of a misconception I've heard from people. Like, everybody after those guys is a bum. <laughs> like, so it should just, like, and it's like, well, no, not everybody after those guys is a bum. You're going to get good players, but everybody after Anderson and Carter comes with more, like, questions. And that is the, and you're now, and you're at the top of that list. You're going first. And I think that's where the anxiety comes in, right? Because it almost feels like you're picking one 
of a new <laughs> of like a new right. field. Yeah, right. It feels exactly. like <laughs> it feels like whatever happens in the top five is going to happen, and it's going to be Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and three quarterbacks. That's how it's going to go. I don't know. We'll see if somebody else sneaks up in there. I guess right, but like that's the conventional thought. So if you're picking six, you're like number one of the next group. And you're like, well, shit, now we got to make a decision on who the best of the rest is. Because if you're like, well, like Dane has given them Gonzalez a couple times, right? Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. And I have nothing wrong with that. Like, And that's Dane's number one corner on its board. Uh, And the Lions need a corner. So it makes sense. But then you really start to split the hairs on it. And you're like, well, I mean... I, I don't know if Christian Gonzalez plays football the way that Aaron Glenn likes corners to play football. And I think he would prefer Joey Porter maybe, but I don't know if Joey Porter's the guy that you take at six and then it starts to get right. It gets a little more complicated. So it's an interesting spot to be in here. I guess we'll say maybe not ideal. Yeah. That's why I say you almost need like you're, I don't think it's people, <laughs> the people who get mad that Anthony Richardson's name keep coming up. Lions fans should want Anthony Richardson's, Either you want him to yeah, stay man. right where he is so the Lions have a shot at him, or you want his stock to just go like you Soar. want him to Zach Wilson yeah. this thing over the next three months so that you want everyone you to are, think you're taking him at six. Right. Or you can trade out. <laughs> Same thing for the like Paris Johnson. Like you want yeah. him to have because you want the Cardinals to be sitting there like, mm, maybe. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe should we do need that. him more than Will Anderson. <laughs> and then Will Anderson falls in your lap at six. So yeah. you're rooting for that's this group of five to get expanded out to a group of seven or eight here somehow. And yeah. And then it doesn't feel quite as uh quite as stuck. So I, I don't know. But again, <laughs> I do think that they're in a good spot to get because you look at the names <laughs> that you think at this moment are gonna be there at eighteen. It's a that's lot of good. guys. It's and really like forty nine, that's pretty good. So yeah. I, and, I, that's and again a, a positive. Uh, that brings up another thought that I have before we go I want to talk a little bit about free agency before we get out of here. Uh, Dane got a lot of flack about trading up for Richardson last week. And we talked about why you would have to do that possibly and all that. And why that I thought was a good simulation. I also think the other part of that is I, I, the Lions have proven that they're not, if they like a guy, um, they're going to move up with that second pick. They did it last year to go get Jameson. So, um, if they like one of those corners or a tackle or whatever it is more than another, and they're at 18 and they're worried about somebody at 13, 14, 15, like they'll, they're they going to go up and get the guy. And I think that yeah, that's the other that's thing to point. remember is that um, they will have, I think, more uh, uh, freedom than, we're, than you probably think they do just on the surface at six because they don't have these like, oh, my God, needs. I think corner is certainly a need, and we'll get to that in a second. But they, other than that, like they don't have a lot of that like, oh, they have to do this. So like – there's a lot they can do still, and I think that that's the other thing to remember. Free agency here, though, um, and that's where I think the corner conversation can maybe expand. What are your thoughts on on the whole free agency picture with them? They're going to have a little bit of money to spend. Uh, I think they're going to have – I don't know how much exactly, but I think it's probably going to be enough to go get uh, a real Pro Bowl-level defender and pay him and you know maybe – a veteran who can play, maybe, maybe Chauncey, <laughs> maybe I'll just come out and say it, right? Like maybe you get CJ Gardner Johnson, somebody like that. But like, I think you're going to have enough money to do something like that. I, what, what are your thoughts on maybe how they would use it, what they would do? Could you see them taking a splash on someone like that or maybe trying to spread it around? I'm, I go back and forth on it, but like, what are your thoughts on some of that? Yeah. I kind of go back and forth on it too, because it's, 
we don't really have evidence from Brad Holmes that he's going to go spend a billion dollars. And I think some again, that's like the Bob Quinn burned the bank on his way. Oh my God. So they didn't have an opportunity to spend money. Like they picked up golf. They didn't, that was 30 million of the cap and they had all the dead money. And so we don't really know what he's going to do when he's in this spot. Uh, Like I, it wouldn't surprise me certainly to say we have, we've already drafted 15 starters. Let's go sign. Yeah. Let's get the who's the one guy that like pushes us over the top. Yeah, right. Who's the one guy? And like corner certainly makes sense. So I'm trying to look at the cornerback class. Like safety's always the one I come back to because yep. I think that's the one. Like mm-hmm. that's the position to me, other than maybe like edge rusher, where if you're going to spend, that's where you pay. Like go get, yeah, someone. Like mm-hmm. go get Jesse Bates. Go get. Adrian Amos, like go get some, maybe not Adrian Amos. Yeah, and then year, leave him there someone. for eight years. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that that, that, I think certainly in the secondary, there's an opportunity to do that this offseason. It's going to be interesting as they get a year, two, three, because we're already on what, like the Okuda five year option. Yeah. I know right. someone asked us about that, but. As they get into this and you're saying, all right, all these young guys are part of the foundation. Well, when those contracts come up all at the same time, <laughs> you mm-hmm. got to make sure that you can keep those guys. So I think that yeah. there's some of the decisions this offseason also have to look at 2025 and say, well, what are we going to have to pay Hutchinson and Rodriguez and Houston and like Jameson on this next set of contracts? Sewell, Sewell's going to need a ton of money yeah, to set the market for Sewell. Like yeah. it's yeah, so yeah. like and it's not it's not going to be the same situation as before. There were there was the rookie slotting and the Lions yeah. had the Stafford Sue like every like it was the three contracts and then they didn't have any other money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be to that, but at some point you're going to have to pay all those guys. So I think that that's part of the conversations they're having now about free agency is how much can we spend now and how much can we spend on a contract that goes five, right. six years? Because at some point we're going to have to give exactly. Sewell $20 million a year. Right. And yeah. For Hutchinson is going to have to be a top 10 guy. So it's interesting. It's an interesting spot they're in financially. I do think that they're in a position to go get a veteran who's got three good years left and maybe give them – Four years, something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, but beyond that, and I think that, and I like when you brought up the point. I don't know if uh, Holmes would do it or wouldn't. Like, um, they considered uh, Allen Robinson last year, and he got a lot of money, right? I think you muted yourself there instead of unmuting yourself. But I, oh, well, <laughs> sorry, but enough. yeah, they considered it. They cons- yeah, right, and he got a ton. And they, you know, obviously they didn't. They pulled out when it got ridiculous, but like. They stayed in it for longer than I think either of us thought they were going to stay in it, right? So, yeah. like, they were willing to spend some money on a guy that they thought fit all of the check boxes. And Alan was a guy that they were like, well, he checks all of our boxes. He, you know, we love him and all this. So, if there's a guy that fits that somewhere in a position of need, I could certainly see it. But I, I really feel like they're at a great spot to go get, like, a veteran safety or corner that can really play and really be a good man coverage, like tone setter. doesn't have to be amazing. Just has to be like a bulldog who you can like pay and that guys will respect, you know, like that's all you need. I think right now, that's what they're, that's what they're missing. I mean, do you think they're more willing to roll the dice like at home specifically? 
Like if he was picking between corner and safety, which the one which is the one he prioritizes as a spot that he needs to make a big splash this offseason? To spend just like for free agency or the draft? Or to or go either. up and get or to use yeah. a premium pick so, on like that's it, a great where do you question. think he would like if he's if he's setting up the board of like how yeah. we're gonna spend our money, does he think safety is one like we can let's just keep Deshaun Elliott and we get no, Walker back, I, yeah, we got I, Kirby? I think that corner would there. be the one. Because I think <laughs> yeah. safety again is I think that it goes into the whole bigger picture of like they really think they can play the board. They got Kirby in the third friggin' round, and he is going to outperform that <laughs> like a son of a bitch. So like, I mean, they 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 really I think trust their eyes, and they're not giving. I don't think they've given up on Melifonwu yet, uh, even though they a few people wanted to <laughs> a few times. But I don't think they've given up on Ify quite yet, and we'll see how that all goes. Uh, but yeah, I think they trust themselves to play the board and find steals at safety and develop it. But corner is hard to develop. That is like the ultimate. That, that's the thing I think Aaron Glenn smashes his brain against the, you know, like I I got to get this into these people's heads. Like it's hard to develop a corner. Like it's hard to teach a guy how to be a, like how to have no memory. It's hard to teach a guy how to like just play without fear and and to be instinctual. Like you either have to have it, you either have it or you don't. And like. That's the kind of so I think that corner would be the one that they'd be willing to spend the money on. I think corner is the one if you're going to spend cash or go crazy on something or go crazier than you would have wanted to. That's the one where you do it because I think you trust yourself in every other and you have the roster too, right? You just bring Elliot back, right? You know, well, and, and I think the way that they want the way that Glenn wants to play too, right? Like you need, yeah. You need you've got to have corners. some corners. You've got to have some yeah. corners out there. And Okuda <laughs> and is not be, doing it. That's the other thing to, to bring up here. You, wow. you mentioned it. We can close with this unless we have some questions that popped up there that we haven't touched on or yeah, covered. I can, I can pull one um, or two here. Yeah, but let's talk but about like Okuda. Okuda is the fifth year. It's coming up, and um, people have asked that, you know, what do you think they're going to do with it? I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know what the what would make sense for them one way or the other, but, I mean, he hasn't done it. He got benched at the end of the year, right? Uh, that's what happened. He got benched at the end of the year. He hasn't answered the bell. He had a nice – ish stretch at the beginning of the season, but Jeff Okuda's issues are, I think, what they've been all along. He's too far into his own head. Um, I, again, will say I think he would be a better safety (laughs) than a corner, Uh, and I think that it would really behoove all parties to really, really think long and hard about that before they make any decisions on their fifth-year choices here, but he doesn't fit what Aaron Glenn wants. He hasn't yet, and and, you know, he just doesn't. He's not a he's not a physical go get you in the face guy at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's not a guy who can shake off a, a tough one and just keep going. Um, he's a good run defender, but it's not always that way. It wasn't always that way this year, which is weird. He so I don't know I, what you have any thoughts on this. Uh, it's been a wild ride for Jeff Okuda. I feel bad for him in a lot of ways because he's still such a young player that got such a horrible start to his career. But he's yeah. also kind of not a great fit here. Like, it doesn't feel like he's a great fit at corner within Aaron Glenn's system. Right. I mean, I think character-wise... Character like is a great fit. fit. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can pick up his fifth-year contract option and pay yeah. him I don't whatever either. it is, $12 million. <laughs> um, especially because that one comes with injury guarantees. Right. And, and he's already like, had, yeah. You know. <laughs> so Several, I don't know that yeah. you can do that. I mean, we did have... a. Someone did ask um, if corner is a is a 
position where you would consider them doubling up in the first or the early rounds and taking mm-hmm. one at six and 18 or taking one at 18 and 49. And yeah, yes, I don't, I mean, I think it is, I would consider that on the table. It'd be hard to take two corner rookies and plug them both in as yeah, right away. your starters yeah. next year. Like you'd have to, I think Jerry Jacobs probably would come back yeah. as your starter on the outside. But I do think it's a possibility that they do that because yeah, I mean they need at least two, maybe three. Probably need, need a slot three. guy. Like yeah. you need, they need, <laughs> you need three, a backup. You need right. So, <laughs> so where do you, how do you do that? I think that's that's not coming just through free agency or just right. through the draft. I think you got to go both. So, that's I think a they need to spend money attack. on a real corner, a real press corner that can tackle and do all the things and whatever they got to do there. That's what you got to do. I think you got to draft one early, and like you said, I think you have to consider whoever that question asked. I, I maybe not at six and eighteen. If you take one at six, that means you love the guy. Um, maybe you don't do that. I don't know, but it's possible. It's it'll be there. It's not. In, it's that's not impossible, right? I don't think that's impossible. I wouldn't do it, but like I don't want to call that an impossibility because the board is going to play that way. If you take yeah. a corner at six, um, you're still going to have. I mean, my God, there's people that think Ringo is a second round corner now. So. <laughs> Shit! If I got Keely Ringo at like fifty, I'd be like clicking my heels, like let's go. So yes, I absolutely think that that's uh, possible on the table. I don't know if I would predict it, but I certainly think I wouldn't rule it out for the Lions here going forward. And we've seen him double. I mean, we've seen him. Yeah, back to back with Levi and uh, right. Mm -hmm. At least consider doubling up. So yeah, I think it's possible. Very Um, interesting. I did have a couple little questions here. I just want this isn't even so much a question, but someone mentioned. Asked just sort of what the fallout of – I can't find the question now, but I definitely remember seeing it. Um, so the Cardinals are reportedly hiring away Dave Sears, who is the Lions mm. director of college scouting. I saw that. Um, yeah. And was with with the previous regime and then uh, stayed on. And so that, that's potentially significant. I mean, that is um, – Holmes obviously trusted him enough to keep him. He gave him a, a bunch of credit for the James Houston pick. Right. Um and that's another spot where I think they have some stuff built in in-house where they can move guys around. Um, Brian Hutspeth, the assistant director of college scouting, they've got some young scouts that they really like in there. Um, Eloy Ledesma is one mm-hmm. of them. Um, like Patrick Malarkey. There's a bunch of young scouts in there that, are, that I think they would like to keep around. But um, that's something as we talk about changes that – <laughs> Now you're starting to get guys poached from your scouting staff, too, oh, because you're doing a good job. So when we talk about how things are different, um, well. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, look, this is going to be a place where if I'm a good young scout, I want to come work with uh, Brad Holmes, maybe, kind of. Don't you think? If I'm a if I'm a good young, yeah, yeah. If I'm a good young yeah. personnel person, I want to come work with him. And if I'm a good young coach, I want to come work with Dan. Like, that's – you hit that on the head. Like, Holmes – Kept a guy from Bob Quinn's scouting staff. Trusted his own instinct on that guy enough to keep him in. And now he's turned into whatever he's going to be here in Arizona. And Ben Johnson, the guy that we just talked about, is a guy that Campbell kept off Patricia's staff. Matt Patricia, the future Alabama (laughs) offensive line coach or whatever he's about to be. Oh, my God. A lot has changed, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, in any event, uh, you got any anyway, more there? I just wanted to mention yeah. that because I thought it was a good question. Yeah, and then here, I'll let you close on this one because I have no – I see you got 
Is it WrestleMania three? Is that the show oh, that's on uh, there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I got the. Uh, so we, somebody asked for somebody asked for your Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble uh, predictions. predictions. So I can't let so, you. I don't know. I, I, I'm more of an AEW guy these days, but uh, I will be watching the Rumble. It's on Saturday. Uh, I didn't realize this year. Usually it used to be, I think they moved it. It used to be on that Sunday in between the Super Bowl. Is that gone? The in-between game week? Is that gone now? That like week off? Uh, no, I think it's it's still there because that's when the like Pro, yeah, Bowl, Pro Bowl or whatever, right? Like, anyway, they used to do the it then. Football game is. <laughs> yeah, they used to do it then and it was just perfect, but now it's on that Saturday. So whatever. I have no idea. I don't watch enough of it, but I do think the buzz is that Cody Rhodes uh, will be returning. Um, so I guess we'll see. Cody, uh, big fan of his. I've always liked Cody Rhodes. Broke my heart when he left AEW, of course. But um, I don't know, Chris. You probably don't watch any wrestling, but you probably I, saw on I, Twitter. I, no. Do you remember on Twitter the pictures of Cody with the big like he had a big shoulder injury? It was all black and blue and disgusting and everything. But he I might do remember back. that. That's yeah. that's his, that's the extent that's of Cody. my knowledge about so, what's so happening. So he may be returning. <laughs> uh, I think that's the that's the buzz and the dirt sheets. I don't know. I actually am. I'm very disconnected. I've been too much. The draft is taking up too much of my wrestling time right now, so I don't know what's going on. But I will be watching the Rumble. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I don't yes. think I've been t- plugged in since like '98. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say since like I stopped playing like the Nintendo yeah. WrestleMania game in like yeah. the early '90s. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's definitely unique. Uh, it's a unique form of entertainment. We'll say that. But in any event, uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks to Chris for sitting in. Uh, I believe Colt will be back next week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to subscribe to The Athletic and our show. Chris, you got anything else? We're good to go. No, have fun at the Senior Bowl. All right, yes. It's my uh, first time I'm not going down in a little while. That so is a good point. Well, actually, I think I will, I will be live from the Senior Bowl next week uh, with Colton, um, and we will maybe talk uh, Maybe we'll talk some Senior Bowl stuff. I think we'll probably have to, right, because that'll be talk of the town. But in any event, thanks for listening this week. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you again soon.